Hello, everyone. Welcome to Summit Church Fenton. I'm so glad you've joined me today, and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. I'm conducting a series titled Jesus the Great Storyteller. And what I'm doing in this series is I'm covering the parables of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, a parable is a natural story that carries a spiritual meaning. And Jesus started a lot of his parables by saying the kingdom of heaven is like unto. And so we can learn a lot about how God's kingdom operates by studying the parables of the Lord Jesus. And so, uh, uh, and hey, if you've missed any of our previous sessions, you can go back into our archives and and get those uh, free of charge. They're there. Uh, available to you to go and look at at your convenience. Uh, last week, I began uh, with the uh, parable of the rich fool. And actually, if you're, if you're following along with us, I, I said a lot of uh, 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 things about the parable of the rich fool and things about money and finances and the pitfalls of finances before I actually got to the parable. So we're going to pick up right here this week with where we left off last week. Again, if you missed that, you could go back and get it in our archives. But, uh, you know, Jesus warned about the deceitfulness of riches. And uh, nothing wrong with having riches. It's wrong when riches have you. Okay, I've said that, made that clear. But he warned about the deceitfulness of riches. And, you know, you think, well, how can riches deceive us? And, And just to review what I said last week, riches, money, material wealth, can tell you that they can buy for you what they really cannot. They can lie to you and tell you that, you know, they can buy uh, for you what only God can ultimately provide. Riches and money can tell you that they can buy you love or they can buy you, you know, uh, joy, peace, happiness. And many people believe that and they'll pursue the money thinking that when they get the money, you know, they get a lot of money that it'll bring them, you know, happiness and, you know, peace and joy and all of that. And so many have been deceived by that because they eventually get, get the money, get a lot of money. And they're, they're no happier than, 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 you know, than when before, than, you know, after they get the money, they're no happier than before they got it. And in many cases, the, the excess money that they have and the riches that they have, they're, they're actually more miserable after they have the money that, than beforehand. And again, uh, uh, you study the Bible, you see that God is all for us having money and having material wealth. He just doesn't want that to have us. So that's kind of a review. I said a whole bunch of things last week that I just can't get, get into them and review them this week. That's why, that's why we have the archives there for you for free. You can go back and listen. But, uh, let, let's, let's pick up and review this parable of the rich fool and then move to the, new material, but I do want to say this. I do want to review this parable uh, before we move on. In Luke, the 12th chapter, 16th verse, Jesus speaks this parable uh, to them, and he says, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. So this guy was rich, and his ground yields plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? since I have no room to store my crops. So he said, I'll do this. I'll pull down my barns and build greater, and there I'll I'll store all my crops and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool. And you know what God called you a fool. Remember, the Bible says, The fool has said in his heart that there is no God. And you know what God called you a fool. Now, this man had a lot of material wealth, but he's got God calling him a fool. Now, you, now you tell me, is that really prospering? <laughs> of course not. But God calls him a fool and says, this night your soul will be required of you, which is clear that he's gonna, he's, he's fixing to die. He's just, he's got, he's got hours to live and he's gonna go to hell for eternity. That's clearly what that means. Sad, isn't it? Had all the money in the world, so to speak, and, getting ready, just, just hours to live, he's going to die and go to hell. You think about that. M- many goods for many years. He could go on for many years, never have to work again, perhaps. But he's got hours to live and he's headed to hell. Isn't that sad? See, he was deceived by these riches, the deceitfulness of riches. 
Yeah, I get all these, I got all this, these crops and I've got so much, I'm going to build barns to hold it all and build bigger barns and all of that. Uh, I've got my security for many years. But he was deceived, wasn't he? That money couldn't buy him security. There wasn't enough money to, to buy his way out of this, this situation that he's now in. He's facing hours to live. Just short time to live, going to go to hell. Isn't it sad? God says, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself. Remember, Jesus said, and we looked at it last week, it bears repetition. And I want to go back here. And it was in Matthew, the sixth chapter. He said, the 19th verse, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. See, and he says, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where neither thieves break in and steal. For your treasure is there, your heart, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. See, nothing wrong with laying up. How, how do I want to say it? I said it last week. This is not saying we shouldn't have a savings account or investments or, I mean, and, and, and doing wise things with our money. We see that. In the book of Proverbs tells us we need to we need to store up and have a store. Malachi, book of Malachi says we need to have storehouses. It implies more than one. Uh, uh, the parable of the talents that we looked at two weeks ago and the minas. God wants us to do wise things with His money and produce. Jesus isn't saying we should have savings accounts and things like that or money uh, money in a bank. He, he he's talking about where is your trust? Where is your trust? And see this guy, this, this rich fool, he, he had all this stuff laid up in his barns. And in and of itself, there's nothing wrong with that. That would have been great. It would have been great if that guy would have had that. But he was rich and he was rich toward God. Let's read on here. Uh, Luke 12, uh, 21. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. See, this guy was rich, but he was not rich toward God. He died and went to hell with all those barns full of full of uh, uh, material blessing worth no telling how much how much money. But he wasn't rich toward God. See, he he did. He laid up treasures on earth. And by that, I mean, it was for himself. It wasn't it wasn't to all this money this rich fool had he he didn't have the poor in mind he didn't have the work of god in mind the only person he had in mind was himself and he was not rich toward god and uh and, and he died and went to hell see there'd have been nothing wrong if it, it, it you know i'll tell you this if he'd had all the <laughs> yeah this just came to mem- to my memory I believe the Holy Spirit gave this to me right here to share with you. I'd forgotten about it, but he brought this to my remembrance. I had a, I had a, a millionaire, multi-millionaire, many years ago. He did not attend my church. His, uh, his, his, some family members of his attended my church. And, uh, and I mean, he had, he, he had a lot of money. I remember he, he was talking with me after the service one day and, and 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 we were in a private area, and he said to me, he said, uh, he said, Pastor Terry, he said, I'm going to tell you something. You know, I don't attend your church regularly. I just come once in a while, and my parents, it was his parents, he said, my parents come here, and and, and I, you know, I come once in a while because of them to sit in a service with them. And and this guy liked me. I liked him. He's he, you know, is is fine. But, uh, uh, and he was a nice enough fella, sure. But he said to me, he said, you know, he said, I've got a lot of money. He said, I'm a multimillionaire. And he was. And he said, I don't tithe. I don't give. He said, now when the offering bucket goes by, he said, I'll, you know, I might throw in, you know, a $20 bill or whatever. But he said, I don't, I'm not a tither. I'm not a giver. I just, I just throw in a little money, you know, when I come here, but he said, I don't give to God. I never have given to God. I, and, and he said, and I'm a multimillionaire. What do you have to say about that? And uh, I, I, just on the inside of me, I heard the Holy Spirit say, to, to tell him, 
It just came out of my mouth. I mean, I had to yield to the Holy Ghost, but came right out. And I said, uh, you've done all that without God. Just think what you could have with God. Now you think about that. I didn't think that up. That didn't come out of my head. That came out of my, of my, my heart. The Holy Ghost gave it to me and it came out and I gave it to, I had to yield to the Spirit of God, all right? But had, and I gave it to him and think about it. Without, without God's help, he was a multimillionaire. Just think what he'd have been with God. How much, I mean, who knows? He might have been a billionaire with the B, billionaire. Who knows? <laughs> you know, think about that. So true. This guy here, see, there. just think, this guy had all these goods. I didn't intend to say any of this. This is the Holy Spirit leading as we go here. This guy, there would have been nothing wrong with all that blessing if he'd have been rich toward God. And in fact, if he'd have got this, I'm, I'm as sure as I can be, if this rich fool would have, would have repented and got his heart right and got God involved with his, and, and would have been rich toward God and started laying stuff up for, for, for the poor and this and that. I mean, you talk, he would have had to build, he'd have had to build far more barns because if he'd have got the blessing, the blessing of God on top, he was doing this of his own accord and own power. If he, boy, I feel the anointing of God. If this guy would have got to, got God involved in it, God, I mean, he'd have really been rich. Glory to God. Cause that's what God does. He, he blesses people. He does. If this guy had been rich toward God, there's no telling how much more God would have blessed him with. Absolutely. But he wasn't rich toward God. Riches deceived him. And he had all those goods. He died and went to hell. My, 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 my. So the parable of the rich fool. Now, again, if you missed last week, you really ought to go back and listen to that because I said a whole bunch about uh, 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 of things that, that tie in with this that I just felt impressed to say them before I taught the parable. Then I taught the parable at the end last week. Now we went over it again. Said some things right here that I didn't say last week. So you got to stay tuned in to, to get the fullness of, of what, what we're doing here with these parables. But now, uh, so, so there's the rich fool, parable of the rich fool. Now, since we're talking about riches and the pitfalls of, of riches, and again, God wants you to have money. He just doesn't want money to have you. We'll see that again and again as we go. But uh, I, I want to look at... Actually, look at, turn over to Luke, the 16th chapter. And we're going to look at the story that Jesus gave concerning the rich man and Lazarus. But but before I do, I, I want you to stop off at verse 14, Luke 16 and 14. Because Jesus, when he was talking about really the pitfalls of of money having you and not you having money. Uh, you know, he, he was giving these parables out. He, he was trying to help people. He was trying to get people to see the error of their ways and repent. And in Luke 16, 14, he says, the Bible says now the Pharisees, and remember this verse is in the context of him talking about the pitfalls of, of, of trusting in money. And notice it says here, Luke 16, 14, now the Pharisees, now they were the religious uh, uh, leaders of the day, the, the, the doctors of the, of the law and, you know, people that had great understanding of the scriptures, <laughs> though they, they couldn't recognize who Jesus was, the, the very thing they should have been recognized. Do you ever notice these Pharisees, these religious people, they, they couldn't recognize Jesus, but the blind men, the blind men could. <laughs> Bartimaeus. Called him, called Jesus the son of David. That means the Messiah. And the very people that should have been able to recognize him didn't. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and so on. But anyway, but look, now the Pharisees, now look at this. Here's why we're reading this. Who were lovers of money. Also heard all these things. Now, Jesus speaking about the pitfalls of, of, of money having you. Okay. And he he's he's saying that to people who were lovers of money and he was trying to help them trying to get them to see the errors of their way or the error of their ways and trying to help them and so he's teaching along these lines and giving these parables and whatnot and to people who were lovers of money okay he's teaching to try to help them to try to 
you know, get their, arrest their attention so they don't wind up in hell like the guy we just read about, Luke 12, the rich fool. But now it says that these Pharisees who were lovers of money, you know, you could be a lover of money and you could be a lover of God. Remember, Jesus said you can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and money. You're either going to hold to the one or to the other one, okay? Now, you can have God and money. You just can't serve them both. And uh, remember, I told you last week, there's a spiritual aspect to money that most people aren't even aware of. And uh, it, it can get a hold of people. And if you miss that, go back and listen to it and do you some good from last week. But, but these people, the Bible says they were lovers of money. You can be a lover of money. Or you can be a lover of God. Now that rich fool, I think it's clear. He was a lover of money. There's no question. There's no, no question of clarity about it. He was clearly a lover of money. The one we just read about, Luke 12, the rich fool. But these Pharisees were lovers of money. And Jesus, it is great, uh, 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 grace and mercy is there teaching them, trying to arrest their attention, giving them these these natural stories that, that that's illustrating spiritual truth, these parables. But notice, when they heard these things, they derided him. Another version says they stuck their nose up at him and they would not receive what he had to say. One version says they ridiculed him. Isn't that something? They 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 wouldn't they wouldn't uh they they wouldn't listen to instruction. I think there's a verse in the book of Proverbs uh, that 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 says if we we'll, if we if we will not receive correction, putting it in my own words, I think there's a verse there. Remembered back to when I taught that series on it. I think there's a verse there that says if if we'll receive correction, we'll prosper. But if we don't won't receive correction, we won't. And and these guys, it tells you right there, these lovers of money, that God was giving them opportunity through these parables that, 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 you know, that Jesus was teaching them. And, uh, and they, they ridiculed him, stuck their nose up and, and, and paid no attention to what he, what he had to say, made fun of him, ridiculed him and, and didn't receive it. Isn't that sad? But anyway, Jesus goes on here talking about the, the pitfalls of riches, the deceitfulness of riches. Look at Luke, the 16th chapter. We're going to look here at the, what's known as the story of the rich man and Lazarus. And uh, I want to make it clear that, that, see, a lot of people think what we're about to read here is a, is, is a parable. But I don't think that it is. And, and a lot of Bible scholars don't think that it is. And the reason is, is because Jesus uses a person, he uses personal uh, names in here. He talks about Lazarus and he talks about Abraham. So, so what I'm about to read, uh, it, I don't think it's a parable at all. It's, you see, a parable is a, a, a story that, that, you know, it's a story. It may not have, it may not have actually happened, but it's a story that illustrates a spiritual truth. Now, I, I suppose saying that we could go back here to this rich fool, you know, I, I personally, now, now that is a parable because the Bible says a parable. So we could make argument that Jesus told this story, of course, to illustrate a spiritual truth. But I tell you, I know, I told you of a story right at the end last week of a, of a, of a man I knew that, that fits that bill, that fits that story. And, and there are many such that, 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 you know, and so Jesus could well have been talking about a specific person in that parable of the rich fool. But anyway, Typically, a parable, uh, when, when a, uh, a personal name is used, like Lazarus or Abraham, as we'll see, it's not, it's not a parable. It's, a, it's an actual, real-life story that really did happen. Okay, you, you okay with that? So the parable of the rich fool, Jesus may have been using a, a specific person that he knew of uh, in that story. It may have just been a story to illustrate that truth. So either way, but with that being said, here we go. We can learn a lot. We're looking at the deceitfulness of riches. And by the way, again, you could have a lover of God, a lover of money. Uh, here's the thing I want to say before I get, get going with this. There's nothing wrong with being a rich man. Absolutely. We'll see it here in just a moment. Nothing wrong with it. 
where where the where the the error comes in is when riches I keep saying this but when riches get a hold of you see this guy and this this rich fool he was not rich toward God he was rich in finances but he wasn't rich toward God the best combination is to be rich toward God and then be rich in finances and then you use your money to be a yes to meet your needs and have not only your needs met, your wants met, and your family's needs and wants met, and then <laughs> bless out people beyond 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 yourself. You see, bless the poor and and, and and work of missions and the propagation of the gospel and spreading of the gospel and so forth. So you can have them both. A lot of people think, well, you know, if I'm going to serve God, I can't be rich. Well, renew your mind to the word of God and you'll see that if you serve God, God will make you rich. Absolutely. Now, what does rich mean? Well, rich means a lot of things to a lot of different people. What I, when I say rich, I mean this. Uh, 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 because how much money do you have to have to be rich? You know, it's like how long is a piece of string? You know, what I mean by rich is an abundant supply. You've got plenty there uh, to meet all your needs. And, 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 and plenty left over to be a blessing to others, you know, and, you know, and, and you've got an abundant supply and you have, you got sufficiency, the Bible says, in all things. That's when you're rich. But, but it's not just money because if you're rich when you got, yeah, the money in the bank, but that's the least of it. You're rich when you're born again. You're going to heaven. All right. And, and, and you're baptized with the Holy Ghost and, and, and you, Glory to God, and you've got a relationship with God, and then you got a good marriage, and or you got good if you know if you're single, you got good relationships with people, and, and and you just you're just prospering in your body, physically you're well, and in every area of life, that's what true prosperity is. But anyway, so so you know, don't think that it's a well a rich man. Well, it's a you know, there's something wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being rich. It's is wrong when the riches have you. Okay, Luke 16, verse 19. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. So clothed in purple, that, that, what that indicates, he had the finest clothes money could buy. Fine linen. Doing well every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus. See, there's a, a, a personal name used. Full of sores who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sore. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. That was a holding tank in the Old Testament in the inner workings of the earth in the spiritual realm where believers in the Lord went prior to his death, burial, and resurrection when they died. Their bodies, of course, dead bodies would stay on the earth getting buried, but their spirits would go into the place known as Abraham's bosom, also known as paradise. When Jesus was raised from the dead, uh, then, then all the spirits of the people that were held in, in, in Abraham's bosom were transferred or translated up to heaven. And you can see that in the book of Ephesians. I'm not going to get into that. Now, in the Old Testament, when believers in the Lord Jesus, how do you get saved in the Old Testament? Same way you get saved in the New, through faith in Jesus. Jesus God started preaching Jesus in the book of Genesis. Absolutely. Shortly after man fell, he came in there and started talking about the seed of the woman, which is the virgin birth. Glory to God. And people got saved in the Old Testament, same way they get saved in the New Testament, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, they look forward to the cross. Old Testament, we look back to the cross. But it's what Jesus did on the cross through his death, burial, and resurrection. Glory to God. Praise God that when we place with a repentant heart, place faith in him, we get saved. In the Old Testament, when the believers in the Lord died, their spirits went down into paradise. But now, on this side of the cross, glory to God, when believers in the Lord Jesus die, uh, we go up, 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 up and away into heaven. Glory to God, it's a wonderful place. But there's a place known as hell, as we'll read about here in a moment. That place has been in existence uh, from, 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 you know, I don't know when God, the Bible says hell was created for the devil and his angels. So that place has been there a long time and it's still up and running. And when people die right now without the Lord, that's where the, their spirits go. Their bodies are buried here on the earth or cremated or whatever the case. Uh, like one guy said, he asked me one day, he said, uh, when I die, should I be, uh, cremated? Does, does the Bible have anything to say about that? And I could teach you a whole lesson on that. I believe it's better to be buried than cremated, but I like what one preacher said. He said, brother, he said, when I die, he said, I don't want there to be anything on fire. Glory to 
God, I like that. You know, he was making an argument against cremation. He didn't want there to be, he didn't want to go to hell, didn't want anything to be on fire. But the body, when, when someone dies, their body, of course, remains here on the earth, but their spirit leaves their body. If they if they know Jesus, they go up to, to heaven. If they're if if they don't know Jesus, they go down in a place of fire and torment known as hell. So this beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Think about that. The angels of God carried his spirit to Abraham's bosom. (sighs) Glory to God. So it was the beggar died, was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and, notice, was buried, but it didn't end there, did it? And being in torments in hell. Now, New King James says Hades, King James says hell, but we could see Hades had to do with the underworld, but you could see where this guy is. He's, he, he's in the underworld, all right, but he, notice where he's at. He lifted up his eyes. Notice he's in torments, isn't he? He's in torments. Hades actually had to do with the underworld, but there were those two compartments separated by a great gulf, as we'll see. On one side was Abraham's bosom, also known as paradise, and on the other side is a place of torment, called hell and then that that great gulf i believe is we're going to read about it's a bottomless pit and down under that there's a place called in the greek tartarus or tartarus that's where the fallen angels some of the fallen angels are held until the in, in chains of darkness until the day of judgment but be that as it may just giving you a little little background knowledge of the inner workings of the earth in the spirit realm but let's get back to the story so it was the beggar died was carried by the angels to abraham's bosom the rich man also died and was buried so his body's here on the earth and being in torments in hell he's in torments his spirit he's just actually he's more alive than he's ever been his body's on the earth but his spirit came out of his body and he did we'll see here he didn't know the lord he went to hell oh my god and he's in torments in hell he lifted up his eyes now his body's on the earth but his spirit see the real him see you're not really that body you are a spirit being that lives inside that body when you go to see somebody at a funeral home and their body's laying in the casket, they're not there. Their body's there, but they're not there. It's just the shell, their tent that they lived in here on the earth. Their spirits left their body. And if they know Jesus, they're in heaven. If they didn't, they're in hell. That's game, set, match. It's that simple. But this guy's body is on the earth, this rich man, and he's in torments in hell. He lifts up his eyes, sees Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, he was a contemporary on the earth with Lazarus. He knew Lazarus, the beggar that laid at his gate. But Abraham, no doubt, must have lived many, many, who knows how many years before. We're talking about Abraham, the patriarch of the Old Testament. Are we going to know people when, when, uh, when we die, and uh, whether we go to heaven or hell? Absolutely. You see it right here. And he cried, said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things? And he did. This is a rich man. A lot of money. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he's comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed. So that those who had passed from here to you cannot, nor those from, from their past to us. So they couldn't cross that great gulf. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, I beg you. See, he's pleading. Think about that, a rich man. He's in hell. Now, all, of, all his money can't do him any good. I beg you, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. So I preached a message one day, a soul winner in hell. This guy right here, he didn't have time for God while he was on the earth. He's not in hell just a short time. And he wants to become a soul winner. Well, it's too late. You got to be a soul winner now in this time. But now he's concerned about his brothers. It's such a terrible place. You know what? You don't want to be there yourself, but you don't even want anybody else to come there. He said, I've got five brothers. Send Lazarus that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. I, I need to say this. We're talking about rich, you know, because a lot of times people if you read the scriptures real fast and you don't really study them, you just skim over them, you could, you could come away thinking, well, rich, rich, rich people, you know, rich, rich people go to hell. But, but here you have proof quite to the contrary, Abraham. 
Abraham. I, I, I almost read over it, but the Holy Spirit arrested me, wanted me to say this to you. Abraham. We're reading about him. He's not in hell, is he? He's over in his bosom, over in paradise. And Abraham, if you read the Old Testament, he was one of the richest men that's ever lived. Not the richest, but one of the richest men that's ever lived. I'm talking in material wealth. The Bible emphasizes it and talks about it. I mean, he was so blessed in Lot too. Remember, they had to separate. Abraham was loaded with money. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he didn't go to hell. You know why Abraham didn't go to hell? Because he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And Abraham had money, but money didn't have him. And Abraham was rich toward God. And so he had that money, but it didn't put him in hell. You know, uh, we just read that there's lovers of money. There's a lot of lovers of money. They love money more than they love God. They went to hell. Wouldn't it be best to love God and keep him first and be rich toward him and then have money also and use that money? Yes, to have your needs and wants met and all that. But use that money as an instrument to bless people and be rich toward God. That's the best combination is to, is to have God and have money. God first, money, you know, and money after that. Actually, money comes way down on the list. You, you understand, but have it. Point of this message. See, a lot of people think you, you can only have one or the other. Well, you can only serve one or the other, God or money. But it's best to have God be rich toward him, let him prosper you, and then use that money as a tool to, 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 to be a blessing to his work, you see. And, of course, have your needs met and all that, your wants and so forth. But Abraham's point here is Abraham was rich. He may, Abraham may well have had more, more money than this rich man here. And Abraham's not in hell burning because he believed God. But this guy went to hell. We'll see. The Bible's going to tell us exactly why he went to hell here before we're done. Let's read on here. But now he says, I have five brothers that send Lazarus back that he may testify to them lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, now watch this. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Now, if you study into it, you'll see Moses and the prophets. Jesus himself said that Moses and the prophets and the Psalms testified of, of himself, of Jesus. So if, and what does this tell us? Abraham says that these, these five brothers, they have Moses and the prophets. They have the written word of God. Just like we have the Bible. We have the written word of God. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And, uh, and he said, no, Father Abraham. But, but before I say that, see, this tells me that this man here, this rich man that's in hell, didn't have time for Moses and the prophets. He didn't have time for what Moses and the prophets preached, Jesus. And that's why he's in hell, not because he had money. It's because he didn't have Jesus and he was not rich toward God. He was rich, but he wasn't rich toward God. And you can see that he didn't use his money to help anybody. He only himself and, and his interests. Lazarus laid down at, at, at the gate desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. And he was sick in body and the dogs came and licked his sores. And that rich man could have done something about it and he didn't. He didn't, you know, he didn't care about he didn't, he didn't care about anybody but himself. He wasn't rich toward God. That's why he's at hell. Not because he had the money. It's because the money had him. And then he says, send, send him Lazarus back. Testify to my brothers. Abraham says, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And then he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. And if that's not the truth, I don't know what is. In other words, he's saying no matter if they won't, you know, I've learned this. If people won't believe the word of God for the sake of the word of God, some miraculous thing or some outstanding, you know, miraculous thing, is it, is it gonna, 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 gonna typically affect people? I had one lady come to me at the door one time. She said to me when I'd greet after the service at the door, for all those years and she came up and she said I'm not a believer she said but I'll become one if you snap your fingers right now and lightning hits out in that parking lot 
It kind of took me aback and I said, just, just right, just came right out of me. I said, no, you won't. I said, no, you won't. You won't believe if I snap my fingers and lightning hits in the parking lot because I said, if I did that and that happened, you'd explain that away just like you'd, you've explained away everything else. And she said, she, she didn't like that too much. She, she, and out she went. Never, <laughs> it is so true. This, look at all the spectacular things that, that people saw in the Old Testament and they, they didn't, they, they didn't believe. Look at, look at the, look at this. When Jesus was raised from the dead, the angel came down, rolled back the stone. Jesus, I think it's clear in the, in the Mark's account, I think it is, and, and the Bible says his countenance was like lightning, his hair is white as snow, or something like that. And, and Jesus, apparently, we know he walked out of the tomb, but I believe Mark brings it out. He walks out of the tomb, and there's those guards there, you know? The angel comes down, the Bible says they shook for fear of him. I mean, the angel, you got the angel coming down, rolling away the stone, sitting on the stone, you got Jesus walking out of the tomb. I mean, that you'd think that'd make a believer out of anybody. And yet those guards, what we have record of, they went in and took money to say that the disciples came and stole Jesus' body away. I, I tell you what, I believe the written word of God. I don't need any. Now, I've seen a lot of people healed by the power of God. I've seen a lot of miraculous things. But I tell you what, before I saw any of that, I believed because I believe God. I believe his word, game, set, match, period. Thank God for any any manifestations uh, uh, beyond that of, of healing or this, that, or the other. But, but I mean, I felt, the, I felt the power of God like electricity many times over the years. But I don't believe because of any of that. I believe because if, I, if I'd have never had any of that, I believe. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not perceived with the five physical senses. But, but this guy was saying, hey, if, if my brothers see something miraculous, they'll believe. And he said, no, if they won't, if they won't listen to the written word of God, they won't believe those somebody is raised from the dead. Now, now, I, 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 now, let me say this. The reason I'm reading this story is to show you that that this man here that went to hell was not rich toward God. He he had money, but he wasn't rich toward God. And then, as we saw, Abraham had money, and he was rich toward God. And so the point I'm, I guess I'm trying to make here to you that I want you to get is, is ju- just having money and being rich. A lot of people think, well, you know, the Bible condemns being rich and, and rich people go to hell. Well, it, it's, not, it's not because they had the money. It's because the money had them and you see it. I want to repeat, this rich man went to hell not because he had money but because the money had him and you could see it by the way he treated Lazarus. And Abraham, as I brought out here, uh, Holy Spirit helped me remember to bring this out to you. Abraham, one of the richest men that ever lived, he's not in hell because he was rich toward God. You know, go to Matthew 16. I want to read a verse to you. Jesus said this, Matthew 16, 26, and think as we read this verse, think about this rich man who's in hell. We just read about him. Or that rich fool that we started off today with, no doubt in hell. I want you to think about this next verse in the context of what we just read. Matthew 16, 26. For what profit is it to a man? Or we could say a woman. What profit is it if they gain the whole world and lose their own soul? Something to think about, isn't it? Or what will a man or what will a woman give in exchange for their soul? You think about that. I, 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 I mean, you think about people who are in hell right now. This man was in, in torment. The Bible says there's wailing and weeping and gnashing of teeth and it's a place of darkness and a place of fire and a place of, of worms and, and, and just all kinds of things we, we, could, we could talk about. A stench of smell and, and there's a verse that talks about the lack of air and waterless pit and no water. And this guy here, he wanted to just a dip, 
dip just a, just a, just a drop of water on his tongue. What would these people give in exchange for their soul? Well, we need to think about it now while we have time to change. Because after you die, it's too late. What would what what profit is it if we're talking about the pitfalls of money here? What and the deceitfulness of riches and and you can be deceived by money and and there's no doubt this rich man and that rich fool that we just read about they were deceived by riches and 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 they wound up in hell. So you could be a lover of money. You could let money deceive you. You can let riches deceive you, and it can cost you your eternal soul. And what would you give in exchange for that soul? You think about that. What does it profit if you gain the whole thing and lose your soul? My, my, my. Mark the 10th chapter. Let's look at this. Again, this is not a parable. I know we're studying the parables, but sometimes we've got to look at some other things to bring, to, bring, to bring stuff out here that we need to look at. Look at Mark the 10th chapter. We're going to talk about the rich young ruler. It's not a parable. It's a story that happened. Um, now as he was this is Mark ten seventeen, as Jesus was going out on the road one came running knelt before him and asked him good teacher what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life now notice this guy didn't call him Lord he called him teacher he saw Jesus not as as the Messiah or the Son of God just as, as, a, as a good teacher see Jesus is a good teacher the best but he's more than that he's, he's the Son of God the Messiah he said that Jesus said why do you call me good no one no one is good but one that is God so Jesus realized right there that this kid wasn't seeing Jesus in the right in the right light. And then he said, Jesus said, you know the commandments, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't bear false witness, don't defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. So see, you can see the self-righteousness about this young man. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, One thing you lack, go your way, sell what you have and give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. Now think about that. But he was sad at that word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And I think we could say it this way. And I've been saying it all along. The great possessions had him as we'll see, because he couldn't walk away from it. The great possessions had him. He was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great, well, we've already read, he was sad at this word. He walked away, we already read it. He walked away from Jesus because he had great possessions, but the great possessions had him. And actually what Jesus was trying to get him to see here, this guy, he said, well, I've kept all these commandments, but what Jesus was trying to get him to see, really, that he hadn't kept the first commandment, which is, you'll have no other gods before me. And this guy's money, uh, this guy's God was his money, his possessions. And, and uh, you know, he said, I've kept all these others. And again, Jesus was trying to get him to see he had kept the first one. He had he had he had kept the first one because again the first commandment is you'll have no other gods before me and this kid had put his possessions they were more important to him than God because he just walked away from God in the flesh because he had great possessions but those really those possessions had him and uh, I know this I mean I mean we we. Uh, in, in days gone by, I've actually taught this this story, and I kind of, I, I've kind of, particularly when I was younger, I kind of, you know, put this guy down for how, you know, how how dare you walk away from Jesus? And 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 true, but you know, I mean, uh, let's put ourselves in his shoes. Could you walk away from everything you have? Now I did, I did at one point in my life, I, I left, left my job and my wife and I, and we, we went away to Bible school and we, we left. But now it was, the, the test was fairly easy because it was tough, it was tough at the time, but looking back at it, it was fairly easy because we didn't have a lot of material wealth to walk away from. But I don't think it'd be as easy for us today. 
just being open and honest with you. So let's don't be too quick to put this guy down. Could you, if it, you know, if if even if the Lord asks you to judge yourself, a little self test. I was a teacher for many years. I like giving pop quizzes, a little self test to the students. Here's a self test, pop quiz. Only you can answer it. If you were asked to sell everything you have, even by Jesus, not 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 the preacher. I'm talking Jesus. And he and he asked you to leave everything you got, sell it all, give it to the poor, and follow him, and go do something he told you to do. Could you do it? But you know, ultimately, here's a test. You know, how do you know if you've got money or if money has you? Well, here's a test. If Jesus, now I didn't say the preacher, I didn't say me or the preacher on television or the media that you watch. I'm saying if the Lord Himself ask you, even commanded you to leave, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and, and give it all away and follow him, could you do it? See, that's a real test right there of knowing that, that, uh, of if you've got money or if money has you. If, if the Lord tells you to give something away, it, 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 we're talking about everything here, but just anything in your life. Now, I'm not talking again if the preacher asks you to give something. I'm talking about particularly a preacher, that's a money grubber that's trying to, you know, grub your money, you know, promising you the moon with a fence around it if you give to his ministry. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking not talking about a preacher, me or anybody else. But if the Lord asks you to give something away, and, and if you can't do it, then that thing's got you. But if you can, then you've got that thing and you're right where you're supposed to be. Did you get that? <laughs> Think about that. So he walks away from Jesus for he had great possessions. Now you think about that. Jesus looked around at his disciples. Now watch this. How hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? And his disciples were astonished at these words. Because they found that troubling. You know, if you, because you think about Abraham, you think about all you, know, you think about Job was, was was rich, and you think about David. I mean, he was rich, and, 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 and you know, and and it, it, it appears to be contradictory at this point, and that's why his disciples are astonished. I think the King James says astonished out of measure. I mean, totally astonished. But Jesus answered again. So now he, he's clarifying. And then he get this is this is we get need to get this. He and here's what it's all about. How hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? So it's not about having riches; it's all about trusting in. See, it, nothing wrong with having riches, but but uh, uh, when you trust in them, then they've got you. Boy, that's a big part of of of, of what I'm trying to get at last week and this week. And Jesus said it right here, the Lord himself. It's not the having the riches it, that, that's the problem. It's the trusting in them. It's the, it's the trusting in them. The trusting in them to be able to buy you things that only God could ultimately give you. And being deceived by the riches. How hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? And it's hard. It's hard. So many people in hell right now, because, and they're there because of their money, not because they had it, but because they trusted in it. They trusted in it. They were lovers of money. They trusted in it more than they, <laughs> they, they, they didn't trust in God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Remember that, that needle was at night, they'd close the big gates there, you know, in the, into the city. And there was a smaller gate that they, they would, they would, that if you came after, I guess, sundown, you'd have to go through that smaller gate, and it was called the eye of the needle. And and the camel, to get a camel through there, you'd have to unpack him of all the stuff that he was carrying. He'd have to get down on his on his knees and just you know skirt through that thing. And that was a difficult process. He wasn't talking about a needle that you put thread in. But he said how he said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished because really back there then, the way they looked at it is the way they looked at it then was, you know, 
from my study of it, that that financial blessing was a in in many in many ways was a was a blessing of God, and and it sounded contradictory, and it would have been except Jesus explained what he was what he what he meant when he said it's not the having of riches, it's the trusting in, and and. and and they're astonished and they said, who then can be saved? And Jesus said, with men it's impossible, but not with God. With God all things are possible. Peter says, we've left all and followed you. And Jesus said, assuredly I say to you, there's no one who has left house, brothers, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, lands for my sake and the gospel, who shall not receive a hundredfold now and now in this time. Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands with persecutions, don't forget that, and in the age to come eternal Life. See, there's nothing wrong with being blessed of God and having, I mean, the blessing of God brings all these, these natural material things. It's not the having of them, it's the, it's the trusting in them. Amen. 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 Well, uh, believe you're getting, I trust you're getting what the Spirit of God is saying. Don't be someone that trusts in money. Trust in God. Again, the Old Testament says some trust in chariots, some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Don't trust in the material wealth. Trust in God. And hey, trust in God. Keep him first and he'll bless you with the material wealth. And then you use that, yes, to be blessed yourself and to bless other people. Hey, with the time I have left, and again, if I go long, you just pause me. I, I live in a different world now. So like I said, if you if we were live in, in person, you were here, I'd probably need to dismiss right now. But I'm going to finish up this part of it. And then if, if I'm going too long, pause me and pick me up later. But I just want to read some verses to you as I close. Uh, just going to read through these and just make minimal comment. And then we'll be done and we'll move on with another parable next week. But let's some other verses along the lines of, of, of the pitfalls of money. And what not. Look at 1 Timothy 6, verses 17 through 19. The Apostle Paul tells this young pastor, Timothy, he says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches. <laughs> I mean, money could be there today and gone tomorrow. You know that as well as I do. And he says, he says, Command those. So here's the Apostle, the Holy Ghost through the Apostle Paul tells this pastor, to command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. See, God gives us all things richly. We just don't need to trust in those things. We trust in him. Let them do good that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for a time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. See, that rich fool was laying up for himself not to be a blessing to others. Now look at uh, 1 Timothy 6 here. Go back up to verse 3. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which uh, accords uh, with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil uh, suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain from such withdraw yourself. Godliness is a means of gain. And we're supposed to withdraw some withdraw from those kind of people. Um, just, just, I, I guess what comes to mind is, you know, is, is, uh, uh, I guess I'd say it this way, you know, just cause somebody has a whole lot of money doesn't mean that they're godly. And just cause somebody doesn't, doesn't mean that they're, they're godly. It's, it's, uh, uh, you know, you can't tell where somebody is spiritually by how much money they've got. Uh, and I do know that if you listen, not to be judgmental, but if you listen to a lot of the hyper prosperity teaching, you can walk away with that, 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 you know, if you don't have a whole lot, you haven't been doing the right things with your money and so forth. And just, just be watchful of that. But he says here, those who teach godliness, 
and use it as a means of gain to withdraw yourself from such a person. He says godliness with contentment is great gain. There's more, there's more to life than money. There's just so much more to it. Don't put all your efforts on, 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 on getting money. Put your efforts on seeking the Lord. Godliness with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into this world. It's certain we can carry nothing out. The Bible has so many sharp warnings, stern warnings to rich people, as we'll see as we just read a few more of these. And again, it's not that they have the money, it's that money has them. Godliness with contentment's great gain. Verse 7, we brought nothing into the world. We can carry nothing out. Or like what one guy says, you've never seen a hearse pull at a U-Haul, have you? <laughs> uh, and having food and clothing with these, we shall be content. Yeah, don't let anybody ever make you feel like if you don't have a whole lot that you're not spiritual or you're not godly. Don't measure a man's worth or spirituality by how much money they have in their bank account. Having food and clothing, with these we ought to be content. And to those who desire to be rich, fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. A desire to be rich. Boy, I tell you what, a lot of pitfalls there. Like a desire to be famous, a desire to be known. A lot of people get fame, they get riches, and it destroys them. Prosperity destroys a fool, the Bible said. A fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Wow. For the love of money, didn't say money, but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Money's neither good nor evil. It's what you do with it that makes it good or evil. But the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Not money, but the love of it. And I'll tell you what, if you ever want to see a family, I mean a family where there's really people that that they seem to get along real well. Just let let a parent die and there's money left over and, 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 and an estate. I tell you what, you'll see some of the best of people that, that got along just fine start going at each other's throats over, over some money. Absolutely the truth. I've, I've seen it dozens and dozens of times. And uh, I tell you, money will do strange things to people. It really, really will. It's, that, it's not the money, it's the love of it, the, the lust for it, the, the greed, the, you know. And I've seen, I've seen otherwise good, wonderful people Turn into turn into not very nice people, like I said, like families get along just fine. But then the the parent dies, and and there's that estate. Is uh, they get along real good, but now they're at each other's throats. There's a spiritual aspect to money that can 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 bring out the worst in people if you're not careful. It says those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness. I tell you what, you can, you can get to going after money so much it could cause you to stray from the faith. I, I, I particularly, I've seen, I've seen good ministers start out just wonderful and, 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 and God blesses them and their ministry grows and they're blessing all kinds of people. But then something happens. I've seen it dozens of times and, and they, they start going after money. I think what happens a lot of time, their ministry grows and gets so big that they have to start making a pull on people for money to keep the thing, to the thing running. And then they start promising people things out beyond the word of God and they start twisting scriptures and, and it's a mess. And you see them years later and they've strayed from the faith and they, in their, and the Bible even says in their greediness, it, it, it costs them and it costs the people that listen to them and that people get all goofed up and squirrely and it's unbelievable and pierce themselves through with many sorrows, but many sorrows. You could be, money can pierce you through, if if you don't handle it right, can pierce you through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Now look at James 1. Just bear with me here. James 1 verse 9. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation. And when it's talking about the rich here, just know this, it's talking about rich people who trust in their money. 
Okay, that'll be helpful to you to remember that as we read. But the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with the burning heat than it, that, that it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man will also fade away in his pursuits. And again, it's rich, somebody that's rich, but the, the, the issue here is they're trusting in riches, and they'll fade away in their pursuits. And then chapter 5, James 5, verse 1. Come now, you rich. Again, people trusting in riches. Weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. See, these are people who have laid up treasures on earth for themselves. And not treasures in heaven. They're not rich toward God. Their garments, uh, their riches are corrupted. Garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded. That's what's ultimately going to happen to gold and silver anyway. Corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have uh, you have heaped up treasure in the last days. You think about that. It's talking about people who are trusting in riches. Their silver and gold will be corrupted and, and their corrosion will be a witness against them and eat their flesh like fire. You think about that. Yeah, let's have money. Let's just don't let, let have money have us, or this is where we're headed. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud. See, these were fraudulent people. That's how, and they're rich, but they got it through fraudulent activity. Cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. Sabbath, you have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury, just like that rich man in Lazarus. See, that rich man, he had luxury on the earth, but we're not going to be on the earth forever. He ultimately wound up in hell. But it says, you've lived on the earth in luxury. You have fattened your heart as in a day of slaughter. See, they're headed for the slaughter. They're headed for hell. You have condemned. You have murdered the just. See, there's a, the Bible has stern, stern rebuke for, for the rich people, not because they have money, but because money has them. And they're not rich toward God. Now, turn over to the book of Proverbs. I'm going to close up by reading some verses here uh, from Proverbs. Uh, look at Proverbs 13, verse 7. There's one who makes himself rich, yet has nothing, and one who makes himself poor, yet has great riches. And I tell you what, I've seen people, they didn't have much money in the bank, but they were far richer than the multi-billionaire because they had a happy marriage, they had a happy family, they had wonderful children. And they may not have had much money in the bank, but they, but they were far richer than somebody with mi- multiplied millions of dollars. Who, you know, they're in divorce court and their and, and their 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 children are all messed up. You get what I'm saying? Look at Proverbs 15 verse 16. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. I can say amen to that. Better is a, a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred. Wow. You're better off to have a bologna sandwich with love than a, than, a, than, a, than a steak dinner with hatred. Proverbs 16, 8. Better is a little with righteousness than vast revenues without justice. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to, than to divide the spoil with the proud. Proverbs 17.1, better is a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of feasting or a house full of money, we could say, with strife. Proverbs 22.1, a good name is better to be chosen rather than great riches. These are just things for you to think about. Proverbs 28.6, better is the poor who walks in in his integrity than one perverse in his ways, though he be rich. See, if you're going to be perverse in your ways... With money, you'd be better off to be poor and not be perverse in your ways, is what the Bible's saying. Let me read one from Ecclesiastes 5, verse 10. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. What is this saying? That if you have a lust for money, a lust for abundance, a lust for anything, lust can, don't ever forget this, lust can never be fulfilled. It can never be satisfied, only very temporarily. So, so seek after the Lord, not after money. I like what Solomon says here in Proverbs 30, right at the end of the book. Solomon, the richest man that ever lived, you study his life, he wound up a mess. 
absolute disaster. And at one point, bowing his knee to false gods. You think about that. A man of great wisdom, other than the Lord Jesus Christ, the wisest man that's ever lived, and the richest man that's ever lived. You think about that and wound up in a mess. We can learn a lot from him in the book of Proverbs and in the book of Ecclesiastes. Bowing his knee, winds up bowing his knee to false gods. I believe it's clear he repents at the end. Missed hell, made heaven, thank God. But he said this, Proverbs 30, verse 8, he said, Remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Boy, this is good. He said, this is good. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me. In other words, give me my daily bread. He said, Lest I be full and deny God and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. I tell you what, you could, you could, you could camp on that and think about that for a long time, but that's a good attitude to have. He said, give me, give me neither poverty nor vast wealth. He said, just, just let me, I would be satisfied with my daily bread. There's a lot of, lot of food for thought in there, isn't there? Praise God. So, Matthew 6 33, I'll leave you with this. Seek first, Jesus said, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So many people, are seeking the things. The things he's talking about here are the necessities of life. You can read it in the context there. So many people seeking money, seeking the things, seeking seeking money to get the things, seeking everything but the Lord, seeking the money because they've been deceived by riches because the riches have told them that, oh, if you get me, I can buy you everything you want. And they get the money and they find out they've been deceived. They've been deceived by the riches and many of them wind up in hell. No, 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 no. Don't seek those things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Be rich toward God. Keep him first. And then let God bless you with the financial blessing. And then you use that to bless people. And then you're rich. Glory to God. And you'll you'll be a blessing through your life as you live. And you'll make heaven one day because of faith in Jesus. And everything will be wonderful. Well, I, I trust you got got some good out of out of uh, last week what I said about the rich fool and this week and I hope that this if nothing else uh, 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 gives you some things to think about so that money so that, that you'll have money but but the main point of all of this is to never let money have you hey if you don't know Jesus most important thing is knowing him so hey if you don't know him repent of your sins receive him as your Lord and Savior call on his name And whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. You'll miss hell one day and you'll make heaven. And God will make your life worth living in the meantime. Well, I trust this has been a blessing to you. And we'll pick up uh, right here next week. And we'll uh, get into another parable. And I think it'll be be a blessing. All right, we'll see you then. God bless you. Bye-bye.